And those of us who excel start where we start and keep growing from there. We keep bettering our best. We keep growing our talent. We keep iterating so that we move forward. This is what it means to have a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. You can grow your talent. The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. The teaching you're about to hear goes deep into Napoleon Hill's 57 Famous Alibis by Old Man If. And fundamentally, we're going to go through each one. We're going to dive in. We're going to illuminate what might be happening when you use one of these alibis or something similar to it. You might use different words, but don't don't let yourself off the hook there. Look for the similarities. Look for the places where you're doing this so that you can grow yourself and learn from this material. But fundamentally, we're looking at when we step into victimhood in our lives and in our businesses. Where do we say, if only X, Y, and Z outside of ourselves was different, then I would be able to succeed. That gives all your power away. That says, I have no agency in my life. I am completely reactive and completely dependent on things outside of myself. And this is not true, yet it is, for many people, a perspective on life and themselves that they have been taught to hold. If that's you, don't beat yourself up about it. If you find yourself In many of these alibis, don't beat yourself up about it. However, you do want to hold yourself to a higher standard, gently, lovingly, compassionately, yet directly. Oh, look, I'm doing this. That's me in part, maybe in a small part, maybe in large part. And I could improve upon that and pick a place where you can recognize that that's happening for you and make an incremental but quick shift in how you're approaching that. If you do that again and again and again, you will increase your ability to have complete and 100% control over your outcomes in life. So take this step by step, really step out of being a victim and into being someone who takes 100% personal responsibility for her life and is a creator of her life and her business, including her business revenue and income, which is so much a part of what we're going for here. Okay, with that, enjoy. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are in the final list in Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill reviewing the 57 famous alibis by old man if. Now this is so important to really look at. We're taking them one by one for the moment. I may end up consolidating some of these as we go forward, but for right now, I want you to take them one by one and just recognize if you have ever used this as an alibi, and maybe you didn't even realize that it was an alibi, but it was just a thought that you had. If you recognize that you've had this thought, 
Don't make yourself wrong for it. However, articulate to yourself that you do not want to think that way anymore because you do not want to be thinking in terms of alibis or excuses. You want to be thinking in terms of what can I do differently to get the results that I desire. Now this happens at every level of business, whether you're just starting out, you've been in business for a few years, you've been in business for many years, you will need to catch yourself out gently, compassionately, yet directly on where you are creating alibis for why you're not getting the results that you want. So really listen up and make some shifts based on what you're hearing here. Okay. The next one that we have is if I had been born rich, if I had been born rich. So here's the thing. Lots of people who were born rich, who are trust fund babies, quote unquote, do not excel and move beyond their current place in life. Many of them actually don't know how to grow themselves because they haven't been, you know, stretched through the environment that they grew up in. There wasn't a requirement for that. And sometimes people really backtrack. They don't actually become more in life. They start shrinking. And it's very frustrating. It's very confusing to people. It's another way of really being trapped. However, if you're using the alibi, if I had only been born rich, you have to recognize that there are many rich people who don't actually excel and live out their potential. They might be able to make use of the funds that they were born into, the wealth that they were born into to some degree, but many of them don't. And the flip is true as well. Many people who were born into poverty have made great exponential changes in their lives. So if if you're using this excuse, you have to look And recognize that there are so many examples where it hasn't been the defining factor in whether someone was able to create success in their lives or not. So why would you use this as an alibi? Why would you continue to tell yourself this? Well, fundamentally, it's because you don't want to look at what it's going to take to actually make the changes in your life that you want. So you'd rather make an excuse. That's the same with all of the alibis. We don't want to fail. We don't want to go forward, make the changes, try our hardest and fail, quote unquote, because it's only failing if you quit. So we come up with an alibi to say why it won't work for us. Instead, the answer is always go forth, right? Go take that action that's right there in front of you that you are resisting. So that's what I've got for you today. You were actually born rich because you know, let me say it differently, you were born with the creative ability to take an idea, a thought, and make it real in this world. That is incredible richness right there. And if you use it for your version of success, you will be rich. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started here. So the next alibi in the list of 57 alibis by old man if is if I could meet the right people. And he puts the right people in quotes. So first we're going to look at that. 
why is the right people put in quotes? Why is that phrase put in quotes? Well, it implies that there aren't right people in this world, that there are multitudes of people who can help you, not a limited number of people. And that you might actually be predetermining who is the right person. And yet that what you need might be come in the form of a different person that you're not even recognizing as quote unquote, right. So you want to look at who you're thinking of as the right people. There are many people who can help you for various different things that you need help with. So stop limiting that. Now, if I could only meet the right people, well, that is up to you. That is up to you. hundred percent you who's in charge of meeting people, who else would be in charge of that? And you have to then dig underneath it and think, well, what's keeping me from meeting the right people? How could I put myself in front of the right people? What would I need to do differently in order to meet the people that I want to meet? So that will require you looking at the end, the result that you want, figuring out who would be able to help you, what type of person would be able to help you achieve those ends, and then making a list of those types of people, and then you know, writing out a list of where you might find them and who you might know who might be able to connect you with those people. Have you asked for help? Have you leveraged your network already? And if you haven't, what's stopping you from asking for help? The right people are right there. Go find them. Do not use this as an alibi. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So the next alibi that we're looking at here is if I had the talent that some people have. Now I find this one really interesting because everyone is differently talented. None of us have the same unique abilities. We, we all are differently talented. Now if you want to be a concert violinist and you are tone deaf, you might really need to find a different arena that you are going to excel in. However, if you aren't tone deaf and you uh, just need to practice to increase your talent in that area, go do that. Okay, go do that. So there are two ways to look at talent. Some people say, you should not try and improve the places that you're weak and simply delegate that and stay in your lane and just do what you're already good at and, and to increase the level of expertise that you have in your already existing talents. There are other people who say you want to look at the places where you're weak and grow those, those arenas regardless of your natural talent. For me, I believe you have to do a bit of both. It's, it's a bit of a 80, 20 rule. If you are terrible at managing people and you are running a business, do you have to up your game somewhat? Absolutely. Absolutely. You cannot just, you know, check out on learning how to be a better manager. Now that does that mean that you don't hire people that are great managers to fill those roles in your company? No, of course not. So that would be 20%. I'm going to improve where I'm weak 
and 80% hire out and stay in your lane. You can do both. And then there are certain places in your business where you absolutely have to, as the leader of your business, really up your game regardless. I would say that management to some degree is, is one of those places that you don't want to lose sight of. Being able to review your numbers and have a, a top level Ability to analyze where you are financially would be one of those places. Do you have to be the CFO of your company? Absolutely not. But do you have to get good enough so that you can evaluate what the CFO is saying? Yes. Yes, you do. So with that as context, if you're saying, if I had the talent that some people have, please look at that alibi and ask yourself, is this a talent that is required for me to create the success that I want to create in my life or business. If it is, go get good enough at that to create the level of success that you want. Do not use that as an alibi. We are all beginners at some point, And those of us who excel, start where we start and keep growing from there. We keep bettering our best. We keep growing our talent. We keep iterating so that we, we move forward. This is what it means to have a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. You can grow your talent. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. Next up in our list of alibis is if I dared assert myself. So one more time, that is if I dared assert myself. So what would asserting yourself look like? Well, this would be asking for what you want, saying what's on your mind, living according to your values. So that's taking action and and living your life, doing the things you want to do according to your values, your principles, not outside influences, but what you truly believe is right for you. It's also trying new things. That would be asserting yourself, just simply trying new things. So if you find yourself saying that you can't try new things because X, Y, and Z, or that you have to shrink back and you can't live a large and bold life for you, what that would look like for you. You have to look at this as an alibi. And if you're holding back and saying you can't ask for what you want, oftentimes that happens in relationship. Well, obviously it happens in relationship because who else are you asking for what you want? Maybe you're asking your dog, maybe you're asking your cat, but generally speaking, you're asking another human being for what you want, or even, you know, infinite intelligence, God, spirit, source, the universe, you could be asking for what you want there. So if you, if who would you need to be, to be someone who asserts yourself, asks for what you want, think about that. That's a great reframe for you, a great place to, to go and find the, the answer for yourself. But in the meantime, ask yourself, where are you, with whom are you not asking for what you want? Where are you holding back for fear of something bad happening? That's a generic framework. Maybe the bad is being left, being yelled at, um, being uh, criticized, there's all sorts of things that you could be afraid of 
uh, have having happen. So you have to look at that and ask yourself, are you using this alibi at some level to stop yourself from going to the next level, to grow yourself, to, to create a bigger life and a bigger business for you that makes a bigger impact in the world for those that you love and even those that you don't even know yet. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So next up on our list of alibis is if I only had embraced past opportunities, if I had only embraced past opportunities. So fundamentally, this is living in regret. It's recreating regret again and again and again and using it as an excuse not to move forward, not to go forth in your life and create what you actually do desire. It's living in the past, which has already passed, but you are recreating it in your mind and experiencing it again and again and again in the present by reliving it. It's already gone and done by fretting and regretting missing a past opportunity you keep punishing yourself and you keep reliving that experience again and again and again and again. Instead of doing something different, that is going to cause a different result for yourself. So if you want the same results you've already had live in the past, keep playing out that that regret again and again and again, it will give you the same results because you are actually living it out in the present, in your imagination, sure enough, but your, your mind does not know the difference between what it imagines and what it actually experiences. So you're actually in your imagination when you're living out that past experience, you are creating it again and again and again. You are responding to it in your imagination, sure enough. You will respond to it as if it just happened. And it will keep you stuck, stop, I, I combined two words there, stuck and stopped. So what do you need to do instead? Well, you need to release the past, forgive yourself, forgive others, and step forward and start looking at what you would like to create. Start imagining what you what results you do want. So if you've ever said, if I'd only embraced past opportunities, if I'd only done that differently, if I'd only said yes there, stop that. Learn the lesson from that experience and move forward. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. Our next alibi that we're looking at is if people didn't get on my nerves. Again, these are the excuses that we use semi-consciously, sometimes consciously, sometimes completely unconsciously to make sense of why we're not actually taking the action that we need to take to get different results. These are the the seemingly rational reasons for not doing our work in this world. And there are so many nuanced ways that this shows up. And you have to look at that them, you have to look at them all, and you have to be super honest with yourself. Do I ever do that? 
do I ever do that? And if the answer is yes, and again, it doesn't have to be all the time, you can say some of the time or a short period of the time, clean up that little little microcosm in your life and you will skyrocket. The results will be exponential for you in terms of how you feel in this world, what you're able to accomplish, the kind of relationships you have, the kind of money that you create and make and receive. It's, it's phenomenal what cleaning up this stuff does. Okay, the next alibi here is if people didn't get on my nerves. So if we're honest with ourselves, there's always someone that we don't jive with. They're not our personality type. You don't particularly like them. They trigger some past trauma in you. They trigger your least highest potential rather than your highest potential, right? Your your weaknesses and, and the attributes of your character that you don't actually like and appreciate. There are always going to be people like that for sure. Now, are you going to use that as a reason not to move forward. Now I see this all the time when I'm talking to potential clients and to clients about their business models and their business strategy and their business plan. And they say, I can't do that. I don't want to work with this type of people because they're annoying. Okay. And this to me is a incredibly seductive way to stop. Instead of looking at, well, one, not all people in that category are probably challenging to work with. And if I did work with them, how would I have to show up and what kind of structures would I need to put into place to make it work? So a great example of this is I don't want to work with rich people. They're annoying, they're demanding, they're entitled, all of this kind of stuff. Now, there are rich people who are demanding and annoying and entitled and disrespectful and all of that. And there are poor people that are like that. There are also rich people who are respectful and pay fine fees and love to pay your fees and are great to work with and build you up and you love hanging out with them. So when I hear that alibi of if only people didn't get on my nerves, if only if only the rich weren't so demanding, okay? I think, what? how are you showing up that is attracting that kind of rich person versus another kind of rich person? Because if to grow your business, it would be easy for you to do larger projects that you charged more for, then what if you got good with rich people? What if you attracted people who could pay your higher fees, whether they're you're working business to business or or direct to consumer or what, whatever your business structure is? What if you actually didn't see them as annoying but recognized you were first cause, you created everything in your life, so how could you create a different relationship with these folks? How could you create structures in your business that showed people this is how we work? Okay, this is these are parameters. If you wanna work with me, this is how it works. And when you start doing that, and you recognize that it's you that needs to show up differently, people out there become less and less annoying. Now, this is an iterative process. In business, it looks like doing it over and over and over again with your ideal clients 
and figuring out how to get good with them. Now, does that mean you work with everyone? No, of course not. Does that mean that you work with toxic people or people who don't take personal responsibility or, or are in victim and blame other people or are always going to be unhappy and are always in their story about you did this to me? No, you don't have to work with those people. You can try and help them out. You can try and coach them up, but you don't have to work with those people. But you do have to, as a category, not dismiss people that are your ideal clients. And this is true in life and in business. So look at where you are saying, if people didn't get on my nerves, or I don't want to work, translating this into business, I don't want to work with that type of person. Again, I'm not saying that you don't have an ideal client. Like if you work with businesses and there's an individual that works with you, that might not be an ideal client. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. The next alibi we are looking at is if I didn't have to keep house and look after the children. So this is a big one, especially for women who run their own business. If you're just getting started in business and you're working from home or you are working from home in general because there's outside circumstances that require it or because you like working from home or you're a solo entrepreneur and you don't need a huge office, whatever it is, you're in an environment and in that environment is your home and your kids and you actually would love to have a beautiful, well-ordered home and you would love to spend quality time with your kids and take care of them. Now, I know one of the things that many people don't talk about is that they actually would like some freedom from their kids as well. So I want to acknowledge that, that you don't want to spend necessarily all your time with your kids, but you do want to be present for them when you, you know, and, and take care of them and be a good mother, parent, and, and really help them have the best life possible. So with that as the backdrop, is that a never ending situation? Meaning, could you always do more for your kids? Absolutely. Could you always do more for your house and home, keeping it cleaner and being more organized, doing more? Absolutely. Okay. So if you're running your business and you're not a stay-at-home mom and housemaker as your primary job, you need to look at what boundaries are you going to create in order to not use this as an excuse not to grow your business and do what you need to do in your business. Because it can be never ending. It can overtake. Now, often women use this as an excuse not to work on their business because the stuff in their business is much harder. And of course, their kids need them. Of course, all of the, the house stuff is, is more important. You'd rather do something for other people than to stake the claim for yourself and do the things for yourself. And this is a challenge for sure. But if you want to actually have a business that brings in income and satisfies your desire to make an impact in that way in this world, you have to create boundaries for yourself. You have to figure out what's mom time, what's house time, and what's business time. And people use this as an excuse. And once it's taken care of, 
Then they have to look at their business and do the work. And what I find is then they use other business things as an excuse to avoid the big hard things and it's never ending, okay? So this is not to, to shame or guilt anyone. This is to say, hey, look at this pattern and ask me how I know. I don't have kids, but I had housework and I was like, I need to empty the dishwasher. I need to, you know, straighten the closet. I need to um, clean the, the dust off of the windowsills because it was getting grimy. Anything but writing that newsletter or putting myself out there or doing the, the next thing in my business that was challenging and hard and I wasn't prepared for. And you're never prepared for the thing you've never done before. You have to just go do it. So this is a slippery slope. You have to call yourself out on it and go do the hard things. For the bonus content of this episode, I want to go back to the alibi around if I only didn't have to keep house and take care of the kids. So let's just acknowledge the giant elephant in the room. Mom guilt is a real thing. So if you have it, acknowledge it. Now let's figure out what you need to do in response to that. If you really truly do want to grow your business, if you really truly do want to go after your big goals and dreams, if that is important to you and, and it is outside of the realm of taking care of the kids, then we need to attend to this. Here's the thing. Your kids are always going to want more time with you. Generally speaking, that's true until say the, the teenage years, but even then they're going to want more time with you when they want more time with you. And this is not unusual. This is the same for everyone. We have desire. We always want more. This is our more life directive. Every human being has this. And kids, what do they want more of? Well, they want more of many things, but they, they want more of you because that's where the love is coming from and that is where the security is coming from. And it's not something that you want to ignore, but you also want to get, get some good boundaries around it. You want to get a good grip on it, if you will, and really be thoughtful about your approach here and not be reactive and not being someone who's acting out of guilt. That is not useful for you and your goals and dreams, but it's also not a good model to show your kids. It's not a good pattern to create in your kids that if someone feels guilty they will change what they're doing, drop their goals and dreams and chase after, you know, trying to satisfy the guilt that's coming from either internally from them or from outside. So recognize that. Now, it's also not a good pattern to create because it doesn't allow your kids the requisite time to build their strength and resourcefulness and determination and independence and their ability to figure things out and problem solve and their self-reliance. So you want to give your kids some time without you to figure out how to do life. This is a real big requirement. Now you have to adjust for, for age appropriateness and make good choices there, but you always want your kids like just on their, the edge of what's comfortable for them. You want them stretching and growing and you want, you want them really learning this level of, of self-reliance and, and independence and resourcefulness. Again, it's, it's age appropriate here. 
Now, another reason people have challenges with uh, letting go of being always available for their kids is that they want to do it differently than how their parents did it. They want to show up and be more attentive, more present than, than how they experienced parenting when they were a child because there was, there was a wound or a, a trauma from the way they grew up. So they're really trying to do it differently and, and perhaps overcompensating. If that's you, just acknowledge that and think about what you would do differently here. And we'll get to that in a moment. The other reason people often engage in this, aside from the actual guilt that, that kids will subject you to, will engage in because they've learned that it's effective, by the way. Who's, who's taught them that it's effective? You. You have to take personal responsibility for that. If you don't respond to the guilt, you're, you're creating a new pattern and a new habit in your children. But another reason that people think that they have to always be available for their kids is that this was how you were raised and you feel compelled to do it the same way as how you were raised. Or you have family pressure. This is how grandma did it or your sister-in-law does it or your friends do it. That's not necessarily family, but there's some outside pressure saying this is the right way to parent. So just recognize that if that's for you. Now, how do we shift this? Well, for one, you need to make clear decisions. We spoke about this earlier. How much time are you spending with your kids? How much time are you spending on your business? How much time is alone time? You want to get clear about that. What would work for you and your family at this time? Then it's about clear communication. You need to communicate it with your kids and you need to communicate it with your partners. You need to do this in a way that explains and shares why this is important to you. And you need to get buy-in with them, okay? You need to get agreement from them around what you're doing and how it's gonna work, okay? And then you need to let them experience it. There will usually be some kickback. People don't change instantaneously, don't like difference right away. There's some getting used to a new way of, of the family life being organized. You got to let them experience it and gently reinforce it, which means sticking to your boundaries and, you know, tweaking the communication, tweaking the, the, the way it works so that, that it does work for you. Okay. With that, Rock it out, be unstoppable, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, give us a thumbs up, share this with your friends, and have an awesome day. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. This special series is a part of our Morning Mindset Club and comes to you here on the podcast every Saturday morning. If you'd like to join the Morning Mindset Club at no charge, you won't have to wait a whole week and can listen to this series in short daily snippets every morning. Plus, you'll get a quick implementation practice and mastery check-in to go along with it. You can find the Morning Mindset Club info in the show notes below or just head over to theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. And as always, please share this podcast with two or three women who are ready for exponential growth and exponential wealth. And if you're game, we always appreciate a review on iTunes that really helps us reach and elevate more women. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.